Hi there, and welcome to Let's Slow Down, a podcast for all of you who feel tired and stressed from this overwhelming world. Here we'll have fun, inspiring conversations about living life on our own terms and explore ways to ease the pace of our modern world, because life really is good when you're relaxed enough to be present for it. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Stolting, and I welcome you to this space where I hope to inspire you to slow down because life is too short to let it go by in a blur. So take a deep breath, relax, and enjoy the show. Today on the podcast, we're talking about our home. Sarah Ann, founder of Jade Scott Design, is here to share why the home is the missing piece to the mind-body equation. She just launched the Living Elemental podcast, where she talks about the home being just as essential to you and your well-being as is tending to your own mind and body. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you for coming today. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I love talking about all this, so it's going to be a good conversation. I was excited to come on because I love the concept of your show about slowing down because so many of us, including myself, really struggle with this. And I was thinking about your show a little bit, and it's interesting because we can we can certainly work with our home to kind of introduce this, you know, slowing down. I think it's a great place to play in the home mm-hmm. for this, and we can certainly talk about this. But I think there's also, you know, there's like good busy and there's bad busy, right? Recently, well, I'd say over the last year at the end of the summer, I took a lot of time off. I took about six months off from taking on new clients. And because I was in that like, you know, gerbil wheel, you know, where it's just, yep, we can do it. Yep. 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 Add it on the list, add it onto the schedule. Um, that I kind of lost sight of, you know, my missions and my values as my business. And I was just saying yes to everything. And part of that was because I left my corporate job and I decided to take the business full time. And so I was like, I'm saying yes to everything. I let fear set in and was like, I got to make this work, right? But luckily with, I know you're big into self-development and all of that, you know, thank God I had a lot of that already going on that I was able to recognize, whoa, we got to slow this down. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, the whole reason why I wanted to go into business for myself was to be a more present parent and, you know, take the summer off if I wanted to. And I quickly realized that I was doing none of that. I was just going, going, going. So I think I have a lot of things I can share about that. And what happened was when I recognized that, I did slow down. And like I said, I took six months off. That was like the scariest decision because like I'd said, I just left my corporate career. But it was also the best thing I ever did. And it brought me so much clarity. I was really struggling in my business. Like, who was who was my target audience? Like, who are my clients? I thought I knew, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I wanted to do a whole rebrand. And I worked with an incredible website designer who's also a branding strategist. And I sat down to do her branding workbook. And it just poured out of me. That client that I wrote about, like, didn't even exist. It was just, I created it in that moment. And I sat down and one day, all the questions you need to ask yourself when you're starting a business that I've always kind of answered in the past, it was just like in 20 minutes, 
boom, the workbook was done. And I was like, oh my God, I just like created everything I ever needed to do because, yeah, because I gave myself space Mm -hmm. and, you know, just like mental space or, you know, physical space in your home. Like if it's cluttered and there's too much going on, we're not making room for anything Mm -hmm. to come into us, you know? So yeah, I mean, that's, that's been, and, and now that I've relaunched and, you know, kind of kicked things off again in January, we're now into going into April and things are ramping up again. And I'm immediately noticing like, okay, we got to pump the brakes. It's spring. I'm an interior designer. So, you know, projects start kicking off. This is the time clients are reaching out again. And um, yeah, just, I got to make sure I got to keep myself in check. Slowing down is so essential. It is. And it's hard, you know, especially you have kids, you have a lot of living going on. And it's like, as much as we know, in theory, okay, we shouldn't be taking all this on or we we need to schedule time for self-care, just room to breathe. But putting that into action is really challenging. So it is. As you go into this spring now, your busy season, what are some things that you're doing a little differently to avoid that burnout type feeling? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to booking clients and projects, it's really about spacing them out, being realistic. I'm a yes person. I would say yes to everything and everyone. And there's good and bad with that. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't giving myself enough time. And then I would just immediately hit overwhelm. So just, you know, booking out, I have two projects now, and now I'm not going to take anything till June, you know? And even then I want that to be kind of slow because I have, my kids will be home and we're going to want to do stuff and I want to be free and I don't want to be tied to my laptop. So just recognizing, just thinking a little bit more ahead, I think mm-hmm. is, is something that I never did. I struggled at first with being just in the present moment, right? But again, there's that balance. You want to stay present and focus, but you have to think ahead just a little bit, yep. you know. Just enough so you can stay present and focused, right? Exactly. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And like you, I love that you said, you know, I talk about this on my podcast in many ways, mm-hmm. you know, how to create space in your home, to create space in your life. And these are things I, too, struggle with. I'm certainly not coming on here as an expert. I have some ideas and some things that might help people, but putting it into action, that's the hardest part for all of us. For sure. For sure. And that's why these conversations are important, because I think the more that we can bring light to a subject, then as people listen, they can take away what resonates with them and what's going to work in their life. And hopefully we're helping people, helping ourselves. You know, I mean, I'm trying to figure this out too. (laughs) Same as you. I don't, I'm no expert. I'm looking for the answers. So I feel like it's a good excuse to talk to people and, and have a better chance at finding those answers. Absolutely. I agree with you. So I know you're big into feng shui and Mm -hmm. nature's elements, right? Right. Um, so I think feng shui is fascinating and I've been I, like dabbling in it, Googling, you know, mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, because I, I really do think there's something to it. So for those of us who really don't know much, can you kind of give us a little idea of what it is and how it can benefit our homes and our well-being? Yeah, for sure. So I look at feng shui. I mean, it's an ancient practice. It's over 5000 years old. And it really started, of course, back over in China. And it really started as citing where to bury the elitists in China, right? So it really has a lot to do with the outside world. Um, At least that's how it began. And 
we realize we can then bring that inside to our spaces. So you hear things like that, bringing nature in and all mm -hmm. things like that. And so I work, you know, obviously your outside location of your home is very important, but I work primarily on the inside. So basically you can look at your home's floor plan as an energetic map. And in each area, we break it up into about nine sections and well, not about exactly nine sections. <laughs> and each area of your home represents an area of your life. So it could be anything from your career and purpose, your creativity, your family relationships, both immediate and ancestral, you know, your cultivation of knowledge or, or spirituality, abundance and prosperity. So there's all these areas of your life that can be found in your home. And, you know, very basic principle is if there's something in your life that you want to change, we can look at your home's energetic map and work in that area of life that you're looking to make a change in. And that's essentially how most people get started is with one particular area of, of the space. And, and, and not just that area, like they all relate, you know, they all kind of work in a way that they all touch into one another. I mean, essentially you want to have a nice balance of everything, right? In all areas of your life. So right. therefore all areas of your home but your feng shui changes, your home's feng shui changes as things in your life change. So, you know, when you're in your late 20s, early 30s, and you're looking to start a family, family areas, maybe somewhere we would look. And then your kids are going off to college and now we're looking somewhere else in the home. So it's really just a way it can translate into the art of placement. It's about placing objects intentionally and mindfully to make changes in your life. And I, it's really happening on a very subconscious level. But when you imply that intentionality, that's when you kind of make it more of a conscious effort. So I hope that was a good explanation. Yeah, it's so interesting. <laughs> My mind is like spinning. I have no idea. Can you give us an example? Give us like a really basic example of something that someone might want to change or maybe some requests that you get mm -hmm. in working with this. Is there like a couple big ones that you need? Yeah, there's... I like to start with the bedroom because I think it's really tangible for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I would say the top, if I had to say the top three things people reach out for a consultation are, it's love and relationships, wealth and abundance, and overall health and well-being. Just maybe they're, you know, recovering from something. So the, the primary bedroom of your home, that represents not just an intimate relationship with a partner, but it also relates to your part of yourself, your higher self, right? And your bedroom really should be a place of restfulness, peace. You know, that's really where you get your sleep at night, obviously. So one of the things I always like to tell people is to ensure that your primary bedroom is, it exudes that. It has peace to it. It has a restful state. There shouldn't be things like workout equipment and electronics, if possible, you know, really trying to keep those things minimal in a room. And if you are seeking a partnership or maybe you're healing from a partnership, just creating a nice atmosphere that invites that in. So, you know, making sure that your bed is centered properly in the, in the space. And there's two nightstands, one on each side of the bedroom, and they're of equal weight. We see this a lot in marriages where maybe there's a dominant partner. And, you know, we can sometimes see like, well, you got, 
the bed pushed up against the wall. You only have one nightstand here, right? So that partner who always sleeps against the wall is probably not the dominant partner. So that's just a really good example mm-hmm. yeah, of how placing items in your space can represent what's going on in your life. So with the bedroom, I think it's a really easy place to start for a lot of people. And if the bedroom as itself, like as a whole, feels a little too big or overwhelming to undertake, like maybe there's a lot of clutter, like you haven't cleaned out your closets in 20 years and you still are keeping those jeans you wore when you were like 16, right? Like these are things you have to to go through. Clutter is like a huge part of our practice and not clutter in a negative sense. We all have some clutter, right? That's never going to ever go away, but really being mindful about what the clutter is and what your emotional attachment is to it. So cleaning out closets, going through old clothes, old photos, memories, childhood memorabilia. So many people keep childhood memorabilia in their bedrooms. And that, rep- again, be- the bedroom being a representation of self, like what are you still holding on to from childhood that maybe is clogging up the pipes a little bit and is not allowing you to move forward, right? So it's embracing forward momentum and whatever we're holding on to is parts of our past that we're holding on to. So decluttering the bedroom again with, you know, just energetic things like exercise equipment and electronics, all of that should definitely not be in there. And just making sure that look at look at like the things on your walls, you know, a lot of artwork and symbolism plays on our subconscious mind. We don't necessarily realize it, but having, say, again, you're single and you're looking for a partnership, but you have this, you know, piece of art that you picked up, maybe it was passed down to you or you picked up at a flea market and it's like this lonely lady in like a hat and she's looking down at the ground like <laughs> at her dad, like, that, yeah, <laughs> people don't pick up on that, but it, it's okay to love that piece of art. But your bedroom, when you're seeking a partnership, is probably not the best place for it. So it's just really paying attention to what's playing out in your mind. And it's it's really looking at your space through a very different lens because... It's just like everything. It, it, you, as you walk past it, it's something you walk past every day. You don't even think about it, but your subconscious does. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's still playing there. So, And when you make those changes, you're doing that with an intention. So when I work with clients, they might not necessarily see it for themselves, but I'm drawing them to it. And, and I'll sure. just say, tell me about that piece of art. And then they'll <laughs> be like, oh, you know, and then it clicks. And then you gotta let them clicks. let the light bulb go on for themselves. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We never want to tell anybody what to do. It's all just an intuitive walkthrough of their home, their mind, right? It's that's that's really the job of a consultant. So yeah, the bedroom's a great one to start with. And it and it eliminates a little bit of the overwhelm when mm-hmm. someone tries to look at their whole house like, oh my God, there's no way I could do all of this. Take it in little chunks. Yeah. How yeah. about the space under the bed? Because I read about that a little mm-hmm. bit. And our bed has those drawers that you can keep yeah. stuff in, you know? But then I read that it's better to have a clear space under the bed. So what is what is the... Yeah. So ideally, you would want to have some... So chi is the term we use, which is energy. You want the chi to flow, especially as you're sleeping in, in bed at night. You just kind of want this. You just envision this like swirling, settling energy in your space. And so in the bedroom, yeah, you want the chi to be able to flow naturally. Any blocks, anything blocking the chi is blocking something in your life, right? 
So, but if you have the drawers and, you know, sometimes storage is minimal. People who live in tighter apartment spaces, sometimes under the bed storage is necessary. Just really be mindful about what you're storing under there. Maybe it's just last season's clothing or extra bed sheets. Just don't let it be childhood memorabilia and divorce papers from your ex. And you know what I mean? So really just being mindful about what you're storing and where it's okay to store. Just that intentional aspect of it is important. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. (laughs) So interesting. (laughs) I mean, because subconsciously then when we're sleeping, what's going on, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what, and sleep, when you're sleeping, that's when you're most vulnerable to those subconscious things happening, right? That's how you're- I want to clear everything. I'm going to go and clear everything (laughs) out from (laughs) what kind of sleep I get tonight. (laughs) Exactly. You should. You should. Yeah. I mean, that's when, when you're sleeping, I mean, that you're, your dreams are talking to you and your subconscious, right? So that's that's a big one. That's a big one. And again, like you could even just start with your nightstand. What's on top of your nightstand? What's just in that first drawer, right? Like I have, even I had just recently, like I had old pictures of like passed on pets and, you know, my grandmother's Bible. And it's just like, okay, is this really the right space for this? Like, maybe there's something better I could place in here. You know, I certainly want to keep these things, but why are they in, why are they right next to my head? (laughs) So again, it's just, it's just things like that. I'm a huge declutterer. That's kind of been my mission over the last couple of years, just to kind of simplify, simplify everything, right? Simplify Mm -hmm. the schedule, the mind, house. So it sounds like that is very much in line with your philosophy and with all of these traditions. So any tips and like, how often do you go about doing this kind of stuff, like decluttering your own space? And then yeah. I know having a family, it's like your own stuff and everybody else's as within reason, obviously. Right. So what do you have to say about decluttering? So, well, it's funny because I, like you, I'm a huge declutterer, not just because of what I practice, but even before I, you know, studied feng shui, I was always very, like every three months, I was just get this stuff out of here. And it's, I always joke because my husband is always like, you know, yelling at the kids, like, hide your stuff. Mom's coming through. Like, and because I am, I will, you know, and my husband will still be like, he'll say to me, like, don't touch my stuff. Yeah. Like, just my husband don't touch tells it. the kids not to sit still too long or I'll donate them. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. It's interesting because my daughter likes to hold on to everything. I have one of those too. And it's, yeah. it's tough. There's a lot of like headbutting in that, but I'm really trying to look just give her some autonomy and let her figure it out. There are times that I have to just shut her bedroom door because I can't even walk past it. It stresses me out so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But she's her own person. So I just got a letter. I try. I really do try. Um, So yeah, I mean, I personally declutter very often. It's great to do with the change of seasons, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty natural for a lot of people, especially those of us who live in climates where the seasons change weather-wise. In in a feng shui consultation, that's really step one. Step one is like removing. What, what are we living with that is no longer serving us, right? You can take it from, you know, the structure of your house. So we tend to store a lot of things in our basements and our garages. That's a great place to start because that really represents your subconscious mind. If you look at kind of that mind-body-home connection again, you can, you know, the main floor is kind of like your your everyday awareness, things that you're aware of what's going on. And then 
the basement is kind of that, you know, subconscious things we don't want to look at or deal with. Right. And then the, the attic, if you have one is kind of like your super conscious, like what's, what's living up there and how can we release what's going on up there? I so put everything up there. So I don't have to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> what exactly. does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it could mean you just need to, you know, maybe clear some things out if you're looking for expansion and and forward momentum in in your spirituality or or that development so that could be an area of you for you to look at so you could look at it that way you can look at it breaking down into levels of your home but yeah the attic and the and the garage are a great place to start now i will say for me when i go through things on my main floor i tend to put a lot of things down in the basement because you know, maybe it's winter time, and I'm like not ready to like do a full donate situation. Like that's mm-hmm. a lot of work. That's a lot of work, especially when you're you got kids growing as fast as they are, and they go through their you know things, their clothes, their toys, and so I tend to just get it out of the main area where I see it every day, and it's cluttering up the house. Get it downstairs, but then all but make a priority to get down there eventually. And clear it out. So it's okay to use those spaces as storage, but make it temporary, right? Because I think over time we kind of forget about it and life gets busy, right? And we, you know, two years later, we're like, oh my God, I can't even like get to the laundry room, you know? That's kind of my situation right now, actually. (laughs) I'm like waiting for spring. (laughs) I know, me too. My daughter, so I have three kids and my son's in the middle. My daughters are six years apart. And as they get older, trends change quite a bit in six years. But when they were still pretty young, my youngest is only eight. So she can still wear a lot of like the hand-me-downs. I mean, jeans are jeans, leggings are leggings, you know, but there's still so much to, to save. And then to remember that you have, you have to be so organized about it. Cause there's been times where I've gone and bought a new one. And then I realized, oh, she already had a jacket she could have used and yeah, things like that. So it's sometimes it can be tricky. Yeah, kids make it kids make it tough. I don't I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, and it's little shoes. I don't know if, what it's like in your house, but the shoes in this house are we all have like 15 pair of shoes. And then like, the sports like the cleats and everything. Yeah. 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 Like it was normal for me because I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm a girl. You know, I got boots, I got mm-hmm. tennies, I got high heels, I got wedges, you know, like kind of made sense. But now that I have two little ones that also live like that it's like there's just shoes everywhere so we have a couple baskets you know we have one down in the basement we have one up here in the main floor it's just shoes galore yeah I read something recently in regards to the kids and their stuff my one who has a lot of stuff she likes to also leave that stuff wherever she last was using it so that makes me crazy after a while and I read this thing and the mother had a huge basket like the size of a laundry basket on the main floor they had one upstairs and she, it was a bad word, so I won't say it, but it was the something <laughs> basket, mm-hmm, something it it. basket. Yeah. And basically at night she would take like 10 minutes and she's like, this is not my job. I'm just throwing everything in here at the end of the week. If they haven't put it away or I assume it's up for grabs, free game and I can go donate it or throw oh. it out. Whatever. Wow. I like that. No. She took it to a whole nother level. She did. Because I do that. Yeah, because I do that too. So I have a morning routine and that is like essential to my work day. And it kind of started with COVID when everybody was here homeschooling and I was working from home. There was so much chaos and stress with all of that. 
that it was like you'd come in your, you know, luckily I'm, I'm lucky to have an office in my home, but I'd come in the office, I'd work, I'd come out and the house would just be chaos. You know, there's blankets and throw pillows on the floor. The dishes weren't done from breakfast and lunch. And it stressed me out to the extreme. And same thing. I have a daughter like that too. It's like, why are your pants in the kitchen? Right. It's like random <laughs> stuff. Right. It's like she like got hot and took off her pants yeah. and like mm-hmm. went and watched TV. Like it's yeah. crazy to me. So yeah, my morning routine is going through the home, especially on the main floor. Everything has its place. The throw pillars are fluffed, the blankets are folded, the books and magazines are stacked up nicely in a pile. Kitchen dishes are done, you know, all, all through the main floor. And anything that is the kids is put on the steps. And their daily, it's supposed to be a daily chore that at the end of, or when they get home from school, that they take their things up. But it has been extending into weeks. And I have found myself recently saying, you know, these things have been sitting on the steps for a couple of days now, you know. So I like her next level of donation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I do the to... step thing too. And I, I mean, it's going to cause someone to end I up know. getting paralyzed because they just keep walking over it and, you know. Yes. So you got to sometimes like put it in the middle, like so they're yeah. forced to pick it up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough living with people. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm very lucky. Blessed. Yeah. Of have a lot of living here. But sometimes I joke, I'm like, I'm just going to get a tiny house for the backyard. I'm going to go live back there. There you go. I love it. <laughs> It'll Everything will be perfect. Yeah. Your own little she shed, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so I know you've talked about the significant impact on your life of really embracing your home and, and how it connects with your well-being and everything. So can you give us a little insight, some little things we can do, maybe some bigger things we can think about doing to really impact our life for the better, especially as we go into the spring. I feel like this is nice, a nice reminder of just kind of spring cleaning and fresh starts and, you know, new seasons. Yeah. Again, I think any change in season is a great time to like initiate that practice. And I think a lot of us do that pretty naturally. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can think a little bit beyond just spring cleaning and you know, some, I would say if there were some specific tips, if there's something maybe you're just like not clear on and things are just, you feel like you're pushing against a lot, whether it's, you know, in your life or you have a business or your work, whatever, cleaning your windows is a big one. So again, that if we're thinking of the house as a structure of our body, the windows represent like our eyes, right? What are we not seeing? So going through and cleaning your windows is a really great cleaning project, especially in the spring, which represents that wood energy, those new beginnings. It's a time of renewal, rebirth. We're planting seeds, right, for new things to come to our lives. So cleaning your windows, your front entry also, also, you know, we always hear about curb appeal, but really being able to see the front door and making sure it's welcoming and warming, right? And there's not a lot of clutter when you come on the inside. Again, cleaning down your front door. Those are all great things to do with the new year. They're also great things to do with the change of season in spring. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the doors and windows are big. I also recently just talked about this in another episode. The spring is a really great time to clean your floors as well because your, your floors kind of represent that grounding energy that we need, that stabilizer, that 
you know, nurturing those new new ideas are that we're planting, right? So doing a really deep clean on your floors. And, and all of this is done with that intention, right? You know, having that little bit of understanding that, okay, like my home is here to support me and I'm going to treat my home with the same amount of respect that I want it to show for me, right? So <clears throat> spring cleaning is great. Decluttering is, you know, we obviously just touched on. And I think just to just creating little pockets of peace in your home. And it doesn't have to be big or major. I think sometimes when I talk about that, people automatically think like, you know, creating a meditation space or an altar space or, you know, something very spiritual. And it doesn't have to be that. If there's areas of your home where you notice, you can never seem to get it clear. There's a corner of your counter that just frustrates you. It's just people always just set their things there, yourself included, and you're just always cleaning it. And you find yourself saying things like, Ugh, I can never keep this area clean. Like that's an area to look at, right? Maybe it's your your desk at in your if you have a home office, but just things you walk by every day, and how can you simplify them? How can you make them less cluttered? How can you make them a little more pretty to look at? Again, because everything we walk past in our home is playing on some level unconsciously. I have this dresser at the very top of my stairs, and at two o'clock when the light shines in, it's just. It's magical. It's like you can almost see the little dust particles and it's just so pretty. And so I like to try my best. It doesn't always happen to keep that space really clear, right? And I hung a nice little crystal there and I put a plant up there. And it's just, it's like inviting peace into your home, like one little space at a time. Like it doesn't have to be a huge design project or renovation or, you know, just a dresser, a nightstand, a corner of the kitchen, just somewhere where you can, if, if you allow your home to rest and have a moment of peace, you're going to invite that in for yourself as well. So those, I think just little, little things like that can be really impactful. And they're easy enough. There's little things we could do. It's not going to cost much money or no money, not take a lot of time either. Yeah. And I hate cleaning my floors. I just hate doing that. <laughs> but you just made me think about it so differently. When mm -hmm. that idea, you know, if there's, if you sort of embrace what you're doing as well, I'm kind of grounding my, I am grounding myself and it's going to serve me. I think that'll help. I think that will help next time. Cause I do, oh, I put it off. Cause I just, I just dread it. You know, yeah. I'm sure there's not too many people that really like doing it, but bringing I love that perspective to it. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because that's that's something I try to to teach people too. Because for me too, like I used to hate cleaning my kitchen and bath, and I still struggle with. It. And I think a lot of people carry that sentiment. It's a right. deep clean, like it's a lot to clean. You're in there for an hour and a half, like really scrubbing, especially you know when you're talking like cabinets and walls. You know, bathroom especially, like that that one was always hard for me. And it still is. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I still am like, oh, I'm gonna go clean the bathroom, but I have to shift my perception. So bathrooms in feng shui represent money. So like the flow of money. And that's why you hear saying like, you know, money's going down the drain, right? Mm, so yeah, it represents money and sometimes emotions too. Like, oh, this person's like draining me, right? So if you could think about it that way. So there's a lot of outgoing drains in a bathroom. Mm. So when we're talking about money or if I'm working with someone who's trying to improve their money, you know, there are adjustments we can make to a bathroom, but just having that 
intentionality behind it. And I will say in this house, I'm in a I'm in a home that has an extension. I have a sunroom off my kitchen and my kitchen sits in my wealth and abundance corner. And anytime you have an extension like that in your home, that means that area of your home is probably going to be highlighted while you're living in that space. And I will say my mindset on money and abundance, I, I am working on that right now. So I, once I connected those dots, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I was like, oh, Wait, you know, if my bathrooms represent money, I really don't enjoy cleaning my bathrooms. And I really don't, you know, enjoy like paying the bills and looking at the money situation. And but but I'm trying to fix that. And I can't fix that if I'm not looking at it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, there's just this connection. And once I made that connection with the bathroom for myself, I was like, okay, I need to bring a different energy into this bathroom when I clean it because, you know, I'm cleaning the bathroom. I'm cleaning up my money situation. Yeah. I'm going to make it better and I want to make it prettier and shine brighter. Right. So it's really kind of cool. draining out in the bathroom. Yeah, of exactly. Money. <laughs> more in and more yeah. like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it going out, but is it going out in a good energetic way? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's all money is, is a flow. Right. Right. And it's okay that money goes out. But if it's giving me, anxiety or resistance, right? Then that's something I need to look at. So I was bringing this different attitude to my cleaning routine as far as money goes. So, but yeah, kitchen and bathroom, the two that I dislike are parts of my money, money corners in my home. So that's kind of an interesting take. <laughs> so are those money corners of everyone's home? Well, so there's different schools of, of feng shui and some do work on more of a compass directional. The Bagua map is kind of, well, you'll see it in different ways. You'll see it in, in like an octagon shape or you'll see it in like a rectangular shape or square shape. And that's what gets placed over the floor plan of your home. So now your, your kitchen or your wealth corner could be a variety of rooms, but the bathrooms in general do represent money overall in that doesn't matter if the bathroom is in a money corner or not. It still usually represents some sort of abundant or money flow. That's so interesting. Yeah. So if people want to try this at home, if they, obviously there's a lot to read about and learn, but if they are, they're looking at the floor plan of their home, they actually would put the, the, you said that. It's called a Bugwa map. Yeah. Yeah. You would just lay that and you can, you can Google them. You can go on Pinterest and find a map to see what areas of life, but yeah, you would just do a very, you could, do a pretty basic rough draft floor plan of your home and lay the Bagua map right on top. It gets tricky with irregular shaped floor plans and things like that. And you definitely want to make sure, you know, you do have a good understanding because you don't want to invite something in that isn't because you laid it improperly, right? right? So, so you do want to be careful. But, but overall, I think with a little reading and research, it's, it's pretty easy to figure out. That perfect segue to my next question. I was just going to ask you, are there certain books that you could recommend that are really helpful, especially to someone who is a beginner in all this? Yeah, for sure. So my feng shui instructor is also an author and she's authored quite a few books. Her name is Tisha Morris. Her book that really put me in line with feng shui was called Mind, Body, Home. And luckily enough, I was very fortunate to get a one-on-one -on -one with Tisha when she released one of her later books. And I very gratefully asked her. I loved Mind, Body, Home. The concept, the way you just kind of related everything together just really opened my eyes to a whole nother way of living. And 
did not really think that this would put me on a different career path. And I said, I really want to take what you started with the book and really run with it. And so she kind of gave me her blessing to go ahead and use the the mind body home and marketing and things like that because it's it is it's so when you think about it that way you don't need to be so you know spiritual or anything it just makes sense right when you yep. hear it you're like oh wow that makes a lot of sense so mind body home by Tisha Morris that's a great one to start with if clutter is more of your concern or something you want to work on she also has a book called clutter intervention and she she's a big advocate for the elements too which is a big part of my my work as well i mean not surprisingly it's like i'm just kind of like following in tisha's footsteps <laughs> but she just wrote another one missing element hidden strength i don't have it sitting out here i either have that backwards or the opposite so okay. but yeah any of her books are wonderful and once you start searching you'll find more they're all mm-hmm. good they're all great along the lines of of the elements the living elemental mm-hmm. is your podcast yeah talk to us a little bit about incorporating those elements into your home and your life the way i pose it in with my podcast is the elements work in a cycle and they they all support each other and so when they are balanced and working the way they should as they're found in nature you can bring that and apply that to your home into your life. So the elements, we have fire, water, metal, earth, and wood. And depending on if, if it's a consultation type of situation, we can bring in certain elements to help balance a space. So like in the bathroom example, there's a lot of water element naturally, and usually metal because there's usually obviously the pipes and the faucets and all of that. So there's usually a lot of water Shower doors represent water, anything glass or mirror. So to balance that, we would want to add, obviously, some fire. So through candles or you could even simple things with reds and oranges and your towels. But you could also do earth because earth is the symbolism for earth is like a container. So if you thought of like a, a planter or something that a pot sits in, it contains the soil and the water and the plant itself. So earth elements and fire elements into a bathroom would be a nice balance of the elements. So when we have that balance, things in our life feel balanced, right? That's the way we use the elements in space. But we we have elements in our personalities, right? And the way we work with people and how we relate to other people. So Really, the podcast for me was not just looking at the elements in space, but how can we feel more balanced in our lives, right, through our work. And we can look at all those areas of on the Bagua map and look at that, you know, off the grid, off the home grid and think, okay, how can I be more balanced in my creativity or raising my family or dealing with these family issues or whatever it might be. So it's just a way to apply the elements to bring more balance into our lives. I love it. Everything is so connected and one thing is certainly going to affect the other. And it took me a long time to realize like the home stuff stressed me out so much and then go a step further and realize why, you know, at first I thought, oh, I just have to let it go. Like what am I'm I, I'm being too, you know, type A with all this stuff. And it does go deeper than that. Reading stuff like this that you're talking about, it did validate how I was feeling because I'm like, okay, there is actually like a psychological piece to this and learning more may, helped me just kind of wrap my head around it and accept how I was feeling and then look a little, a lot deeper to figure it out, kind of 
clean things up, you know, outside, yeah. outside mentally. Yeah. And what a better example than to follow the, the nature's, right? Like right. These right. natural elements exist in nature. You know, when natural disasters happen, like they're happening for a reason. It's a way, it's nature's way of balancing the system, right? So why not take note of that and bring that into your life and your home and work with that energy? Mm-hmm. Once you have that like awareness and some understanding it really shifts things for you. It really does. It really yeah. does. And thinking of all of it as energy, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it, we forget because we don't feel it or see it the way we think yeah. we will. I mean, we yeah. do feel it, but you know, sometimes out of sight, you think it's out of your mind, but it's not, like you said, it's in the subconscious. Yeah. You're walking, walking through that home every day. It's going to affect you in one way or another. So whether you, whether you know mm-hmm. it or not, I say that all the time. I mean, I I say it very often just because energy is unseen. We forget Mm -hmm. how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. And just reminding yourself of that to to work with it. Like, you know, I just did an episode, you know, thinking beyond spring cleaning. Like, what else can you be doing, right? Cleaning, clearing, inviting more mindful practices. So it's important stuff. Your podcast is great, by the way. I'm going to link all of this, you know, the books, your website, your podcast, everything. But it's just really great. Your voice is so calm. It's just a very, very calming vibe. It's a very let's slow down vibe, I would say. Oh, yeah, I guess it is, huh? It is. And just really great information. So Thank you. Appreciate that. Really wonderful. Thank you so much for for talking to us today. And oh, I feel like I'm going to have to have a follow-up with you because I'm, yeah. I'm going to go read those books and I'm going to start, <laughs> you know, cleaning out under the bed and I know things are going to come up with Sarah. They are, they are. And yeah, I mean, even for me, when I did my own like feng shui analysis, when I was getting my certification, there was definitely some obvious things that came up. Sure. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I should shift that around or whatever. But Man, there were some really powerful ones too, that when you really sit down and look at what's going on, things just start clicking. And it's it's just like anything. Once you have that awareness and that understanding, that's when you can really make some change, right? Going back to what you said earlier, how you took that break, those couple yeah. months off, mm-hmm. and then in like one day, you mentally got through so much of your, of your rebrand and everything. And that would have taken you so much a much, much longer time, I'd imagine, if you weren't in the right headspace, if you hadn't cleared that energy and been in the right state. And so, yeah, yeah. Oh, it has. I mean, I made the attempt to do it so many times and would just get frustrated because Mm -hmm. it was overwhelming and it wasn't clear. Right. Yeah. It's important. It is important. And I think just being, being more mindful of these things and maybe putting our energy into these areas where we think, oh, I don't have time for that. Or I don't, you know, that's not on my list right Maybe you can't afford for it to be because it'll help everything else to then fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. So really good food for thought. Definitely. Thank you so much for being here today. It was a really fun conversation. People are going to get a lot out of this. Oh, no doubt. (laughs) Wonderful. Happy to be here. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have been inspired to slow down and start living life at your own pace. As a brand new podcast, your listener voice matters. If Let's Slow Down is resonating with you, please take a minute to leave a review and rate us. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen and share it with friends. 
remember, this is a process. So go easy on yourself. Be gentle and take all the space you need to thrive because the world needs you to be at your best, to love and serve others and yourself. 